It was during the time of the Cold War. And communism and our own way of life were very much in people's minds, and he was speaking to that subject. And suddenly, though, I heard him saying, I love my little girls more than anything, and I said to myself, oh, no, don't, you can't, don't say that. But I had underestimated him. He went on, I would rather see my little girls die now, still believing in God, than have them grow up under communism and one day die no longer believing in God. To uh, the old time religion, a new, we're reviving this show because we're back at the intersection of politics and spirituality and Christianity and all the things we love over here. The left is dead. Uh, tonight we are here with Jessica Carrolls. She is a spiritual medium, a tarot expert, energy worker, psychic writer, speaker, creator, and she runs the mysticgeek.com where you can find all the other things she also does. Um, how are you doing tonight, Jessica? I am doing good. How about you? Oh, I'm good. Um, we are very curious to learn about uh, you know, the spiritual the spiritual community we've noticed has been bumping into a lot of the things we discuss a lot more in the last few years. So we're excited to discuss it with you tonight. Perfect. Um, do you want to start by just giving us sort of you know what's your background? How did you end up in this line? I mean, you do this for work, correct? As part of your work, you know. So how did you end up in this line of work? How did you end up finding that this was what you wanted to do and then we'll go into exactly what it is you kind of ended up believing here. Sure. So the Mystic Geek is kind of, it is my mystic side hustle, as it were. Uh, so by day, I work as a business systems analyst in the finance industry. And by night, I use my abilities when it comes to pattern recognition, um, along with various esoteric arts to help people be able to handle whatever life throws at them. So they're in a better place to help themselves and then help others who are around them. As for what got me into this, my own personal background, I was actually raised Jehovah's Witness from about age five to age 15, oh, no. uh, where as a teenager, I'm on the top of the stairs yelling at my mom, I don't want to go to the kingdom hall again. I that I didn't care about what they were teaching or any of the end of the world purist views that they had at that point. Um, Side note on that, during that whole time, if you're not familiar, Jehovah Witnesses, they do not follow conventional holidays. They don't follow any of the holidays because yeah. they feel that they're too pagan in roots. And the result of that was my teachers who were told not to allow me to participate in those celebrations, instead had me do research papers on the pagan roots of those holidays. So a little bit of behind the scenes of what started that. Um, from teenagerhood onward, I bounced around various Christian denominations, ended up at a Jesuit university and took enough theology courses that I ended up with a minor. So people are a little perplexed that I have both a computer science major and a theology minor because they are on opposite ends of like the IDS spectrum on that. Uh, and it was like during the years following that, that I started off as a solitary witch because I realized just how with, with Christianity, I realized a lot of it was built based on beliefs of people post Jesus. If you look at the history of the church in general, it's pretty fascinating on that. And I went back to, well, 
since a lot of this stuff was rooted in paganism, might as well research what paganism actually is, um, research the modern reinterpretations of paganism, which are like Wicca and the various neo-pagan movements. And through that and my own healing journey, that's what led to me to become this spiritual connection mentor, this person who uses mix of modern, I don't want to say therapy because I'm not licensed therapist, but modern like problem solving things along with uh, various spiritual disciplines to help people with their own healing journeys. Well, wow, it's an interesting combination, honestly, to come up um all the types of Christians that people hate Jehovah's witness and then educated by the Jesuits, you know, uh, Jesuits are not really that bad. I mean, it's, Oh no, no, no. I'm not yeah. against them at all, but <laughs> I, they're just typically all the weird Catholics hate them. You know what I mean? Well, they're, they're kind of like the nerds. They're the yeah. nerds. Well, I live in Michigan. This is where like, um, it was a heavy Jesuit, like settled area. You know what I mean? Because it was the French first around Detroit. So, I've never had any opposition to the Jesuits. I've never had a, I, they've always had a noble mission in my mind, but they've become, you know, the center of a lot of conspiracies as time went on, obviously, mm-hmm. which is interesting because, yeah, everyone's mad at them for learning. So now growing up in Jehovah's Witness, I mean, that has to affect your psyche somewhat because that is such a, there's sort of a millenarian, you know, sect, I understand. Um, how did that sort of affect your like living? I mean, Nathan, is more familiar with the evangelicals and things like that, but I'm Catholic, so I don't have any like doomsday myth in the like near future or anything like that. How does that affect your mentality growing up? Uh, so being that I was young up to teenager, the whole apocalyptic end of the world sort of things, it affected me of the, like the immediacy of everything, almost a point where it's like, even now I have to, loosen my grip on stuff and say it's not the end of the world so to speak it's like i'm not at being rushed to do anything uh another aspect of it is because it's very heavy on that evangelical side um the whole need to save others is like rooted into that and that can be really hard to let go of is recognizing that we're all living our own lives. We all have our own lessons we need to learn. So there is that boundary between when someone is ready to help, looking for help, and those who aren't ready, those who have to still figure things out. So those are some of the things I had to deal with. Um, But the biggest thing that came out of it was it did give me a healthy degree of skepticism meaning that when I see a lot of people engaging in what appears to be like either group think or having it where there's this very strong us versus them mentality, or you have to believe this very specific set of beliefs, everything above and beyond that is heresy. And if you don't believe that you're an outsider, you're not welcome here. Those things I now see as even bigger red flags than others around me might. Like I went to an evangelical summer camp when I was still seeking and I saw like the love bombing and the altar calls and stuff that happened. And I'm like, um, this feels very awkward and wrong from my own upbringing and people kind of brushed it off. 
So seeing that there, also seeing that in other spaces, including political spaces, um, it's led to some awkward conversations because I will call out cult think when I see it. So Yeah, that's kind of what I want to go into. Nathan has a question. I'll let him go first here. Sure. Yeah, going off that, I was just curious about, do you meet many people who are interested in um, witchcraft, the occult, spirituality, who have a Christian background and uh, yeah, yeah. What's going so, on there? Yeah, so I do work part-time at a witchy shop where I do tarot readings and we have people who show up who have that background and I'm very careful when it comes to having conversations on that. Um, my own view is I am not there to proselytize or bash their existing beliefs or if they are questioning, it's not my place to sway them one way or the other. I can provide information, but I'm not there to be an evangelical witch, as it were. Um, that's actually is a big core of a lot of the Wicca or witchcraft or earth-based religion beliefs is to not proselytize, to be there as someone who can provide information, but ultimately leave it to the other person to decide if it's them or not. Uh, one interesting thing I found is there are pockets of Christian communities who do believe in various elements of the occult, even though they don't actively call it that. We do have um, in the Twin Cities area various little mini communities that will do like psychic galleries and fairs and whatnot but they are heavily grounded in Christianity. Uh, they reference Jesus a lot. They consider it laying on hands, a type of healing versus, for instance, Reiki. Um, they use tarot cards. They use astrology. As long as you do not call yourself a witch or say that you practice witchcraft, they're cool with you. But the moment you say that, then they don't want anything to do with you. Yeah. It's kind of funny there that like, I mean, one, there's some... Um studies of like early Christianity that uh, interpret Jesus as a magician. There's this whole question of, okay, is witchcraft just the bad magic versus the good magic, which might be, I don't know, sanctioned by a priesthood or a state. So that's really fascinating. Yeah. I think that it's actually what we kind of want to go into too, is um, there seems to be like, especially under Donald Trump, or like say the idea of the, the evangelical sort of big tent kind of got, uh, it got watered down a lot. The ideas that unify them got watered down a lot. And I've seen a lot more like, you know, you have Michael Flynn doing like a prayer from like the I am cult and stuff like that. You have a lot of weird crossovers now between evangelical Christians and sort of the spiritual community. And I, I'm wondering, have you noticed sort of more right wing political thought or conspiratorial thought kind of creeping into a lot of these communities? Or are you in a sort of liberal area where that's not quite as prominent? Uh, I'm in uh, the Twin Cities of Minneapolis, Minnesota, so we're fairly liberal. Um, yeah. That being said, I do browse Twitter and TikTok from time to time. So yeah. um, I have not seen the actual alt, like the actual witchcraft, Wicca, spirituality, new age to alt-right pipeline stuff. I've only heard references or responses to it, which has been a fascinating place to be on, on that. Um, I know from watching various like various social media platforms that right now one of the big things is this whole um, resurgence of the divine feminine. 
which in various circles may seem very interesting, but others see this as one of those alt pipeline routes because it's depending on who's speaking on the topic, um, they can be very defined in what they would include as feminine. And when you think about some of the topics going on right now, especially in politics, when we're looking at the concept of gender being fluid or not defined by one sex, then that's where we start seeing some friction between various pockets in the spiritual community and modern politics. Yeah. And I mean, there's material analysis to be made of mm -hmm. the idea of gender, you know, and it's just, it's strange though, because so many of these things have been, it's not necessarily younger people or anything like that. It seems like it's boomers, mostly uh, a lot of the sort of old hippie Jesus freaks sort of coming back out of their shells. And, um, I know they incorporate a lot of things, you know, when we talk about trans people, there's a lot of talk about Satan or like the occult and trans people or some type of mixture like that. I mean, is that the kind of stuff you're seeing or? Uh, not necessarily that, yeah. uh, more like when people go back to talking about like the concept of gender um, and sexuality and that uh, relying on their beliefs, systems, not necessarily doctrine, but like core values or core beliefs when it comes to, um, for instance, binaries, you mentioned good and evil on that, like the whole Satan versus God, um, the whole concept of male versus female comes up a lot, whether you're dealing with the Bible or those who have a very defined black and white view when it comes to, to those sorts of things in earth-based practices. That's where I am seeing it a bit more. Yeah, I've noticed. Um, I mean, I don't know how much you're around this, but say like the natural or like holistic medicine and things like mm -hmm. that. I've noticed a lot of these communities sort of, uh, especially after COVID, the vaccine, a lot of people kind of got filtered in from more like health, you know, health food type or like grain, granola type health. Oh, nuts. yeah. Yeah, I've noticed they've gone a lot into it, but. I'm yeah, I am curious about the spiritual thing. I mean, I saw one take the other day that was like, um, oh well, they them is what demons called themselves, you know. My gosh. Yeah. So this is the level we're dealing with here in this country. But yeah, I, it's interesting. I mean, what do you think? Um, you know, what you know what drew you to this, but what do you think sort of draws like older people or say people who are from a more Christian background? Are they kind of seeking out something that maybe their faith isn't providing or and also, I don't know, this seems like a strange result of Protestantism. Is this kind of a, do you think it's dangerous that people sort of are allowed to interpret a lot of these things for themselves and they don't seek out <laughs> any actual like real, you know, historical research or anything like that? Oh my gosh. There There's no so many, right? there is so many ways we can have this conversation. <laughs> um, I think that we are reaching a stage because of the information age, internet, um, various tools that are out there that are putting people on a quote-unquote even playing field that the concept of expertise is dying for instance why go to a doctor when you have webmd or google granted there's also the issue that it's near impossible to go see a doctor with health insurance issues and whatnot but that's another matter entirely it's like why go to a specialist when we all have access to all this information and i feel like you mentioned Protestantism. Um, I think Protestantism really took off because at that time, 
when you look at the time of Luther, that was also around the time that the Gutenberg press came out. So you have this mass dissemination of information that's going on. And we're in that same type of thing that's causing people to believe that they are their own authorities on things when that they don't necessarily need experts or people who deal with the topic full time. So I believe that that is a component in all of this. Uh, another thing that's going on is we are also in a stage where authority is constantly being pressured or, or questioned and where we're starting to see that those who we believe in power or have authority may not have their shit together. Uh, we mentioned the whole COVID outbreak. I think what happened is because this was a novel virus, novel being new, um, because we did not have all of the systems in place to deal with it, those who we deemed as experts were flying by the seat of their pants, trying to make decisions on things. Um, and because they wanted to hold their power, they made it sound like absolute, like they knew what they were doing, even when may maybe they knew 75% of what they're doing, but not completely. Then again, you have the whole cultural aspect of people wanting to be their own experts and causing that, that change there. And also, I feel like at that point in time, when we're looking at COVID, um, there's just so much divide at that point that even the concept of behaviors that might have helped or with curbing the virus were deemed political moves. So we have all of those different things that were going on there. Um, so yeah, all of this is leading to people questioning authority, questioning their place in life, especially since when you have this extended time period where you're not working or now not connecting with other people, um, and you realize how much of your identity is rooted in those things. It forces you to think what's important. And you look at all of the established religions that are out there who have the answer or have a answer, but maybe not the answer. And that leads to people looking at alternative means to try and find that truth there. And I would say that a lot of the more earth-based Wicca, witchcraft, what have you, that don't fall into quote unquote mainstream religion, we don't have the answer either, but we tell you to go find the answer. That's that's basically how we run it, is we, we encourage people to, to seek their own truths on things. And that's what I think people find appealing. Yeah, I mean, I think that the, this is the issue I have, you know, in the United States, like the hyper individualism combined with sort of Lutheranism has made these weird, like insane Anabaptists, essentially, you know, um, American Anabaptists, just people who uh, sort of feel that the spiritual like this realm of, you know, spirituality is sort of like a way to talk to God or whatever. Like I said, the sort of Jesus freak mentality of like the 60s. So it's strange to see them mixing. But I do. Yeah, I definitely think you're right. I mean, look at the Supreme Court recently, all the scandals around it and the fact that nobody can really do anything shows mm -hmm. the sort of rot of the secular type of, you know, secular, quote unquote, God as, you know, the state. And I think that you're definitely right that people see as much as you did in the church, right? You're seeing these institutions kind of fail to answer your questions or fail to resolve your problems. Mm -hmm. um, and do you think that there's sort of more people moving away from established religion or even established groups uh, of say like you know alternative practices as time goes on and do you think that do you think it's good that everyone's seeking out their own truth or do you think that this could probably 
this could possibly cause a problem because like we're also irresponsible in this country. I was going to say, let's look at American culture. Um, we, we are a group of followers. So that's like, even when we look at politics from 2016 onward, a lot of it is people needing that identity. Um, they need to have their tribe. They need to have the group that they uh, feel that they belong to. And making your own decisions is hard. Like the, the path that I follow, a lot of it is figuring out like, who am I outside of, so, of societal conditioning? What decisions do I make when I don't have to worry about, am I trying to do something for someone else's approval? That is a very hard life to live when you're born, raised, and ingrained, indoctrinated in a world where it's all about being part of a group. And I feel like that is a big factor in all of this as well. So we're in a society where people are searching uh, for answers to questions. Um, you have a tarot practice, mm -hmm. which I'm very interested in. Uh, what kind of questions do people have when they're, when they're seeking? So what it really comes down to at this is they're asking for me to help them know what decisions to make in life. And sometimes they'll go to me and say, what should I do? The two areas that they I'm typically approached on are relationships and work. And it isn't even a matter of like, well, what's going of trying to figure out well, where are we headed in the future? It's like trying to, the prediction side is not as prominent as people think. They come to me asking for questions on where are we at right now? What sort of things are happening that I'm not seeing or that they're not seeing, I should say. And they go to me for guidance on what should they do. And I have to go and redirect it back to them and say, here's the patterns that I see that going on in your life. How are you seeing these things play out? And are these patterns that you want to have continue? Or are they patterns that you want to make the conscious decision to break so you're able to reclaim your power and work more on building the future that you want versus having things continue to basically be on repeat. So that kind of sounds like certain therapeutic practices like psychoanalysis, where mm -hmm. allegedly the analyst is not supposed to give solutions. They're supposed to help you become your own analyst, sort of. Yep. And so do you see magical practice as trying to help individuals self-empower? in some ways to interpret the world. Exactly. Um, that's a, there's two different schools when it comes to the belief of what is magic and how it works. And one is the belief that it is about changing the world around you. And the other is it is about changing yourself. And I, one who, of the people who believes it's a mix of both. Uh, magical practices can be about manifesting the things that you want in life. And by manifest, I, I mean, taking an idea that you have and building up that desire, connecting with others and your own creativity, and then doing the work to make it happen. So thoughts to reality with some work involved. Um, and I also believe that magic can be about changing your perception on things and changing reality through that perception. Uh, for instance, if someone is struggling with believing in themselves, with self-love as it were, 
then what ends up happening is they go through the life believing that no one loves them, or they end up continually finding partners that are not emotionally available. And that leads to them being in relationships that either don't fully flesh themselves out or that end up being unfulfilling. Uh, So what magic would do in that case is if you're going through and you're doing a ritual to find a partner that loves and respects you, part of that would be also working on doing magical works when it comes to self-love, self-acceptance, healthy boundaries, uh, knowing when to let go of things if they are no longer fitting you. So both of those, you're building yourself up as a person and you're also setting yourself up for success because when that next person shows up, you're in a much better position than to discern whether they are a good fit for you and how much are you willing to give in that relationship to build that healthy loving relationship that you initially wanted. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And uh, how you said that your um, pattern recognition uh, work in uh, finance uh, or financial planning is related to this too. I was curious about that. And also how does this relate to the spiritual business aspect? Sure. So I'm actually a business systems analyst. And uh, when you're looking at technical side, all a business systems analyst does is they're looking at what the processes that are happening in a workplace. So for instance, data flow, report structures and whatnot, commonly asked questions, metrics. And the role of the business systems analyst is to figure out, well, what are the patterns? What is the flow and structure? And how do we change that in order to optimize things going forward? Um, so that pattern recognition shows up a lot when with tarot because tarot uh, is a set of cards. It also is an esoteric system, or at least evolved into that when the various secret societies got a hold of the cards in like the 1800s and early 1900s. So I use the patterns that I see within the tarot cards when I'm doing a reading as prompts for discussion when working with my client to help them see those patterns that are going on in their life and their role in the patterns. Um, Another aspect that comes up with my day job is learning how to ask the right questions. Um, People will come to you with questions and it's important to suss out what is the actual thing that they need versus what they think they need or what they're asking about. Uh, That type of skill also is carried over to doing tarot readings and other esoteric works where it's about finding what that core issue is. So for instance, going back to the question about romance, is it that they are looking for a partner or is it that they need some sort of validation in their life to see themselves as worthy? And that's why they're looking for partners. So those sorts of things come up. Um, As for the business side, Um, Because of my career path, I had worked in sales um, previously, uh, being in the corporate world, I'm able to see the structures when it comes to like marketing, client acquisition, retention and whatnot. So that helps me on the spiritual business side, because I come in with that experience on how do I build those things for myself versus being someone who has this calling and does not know what those next steps are to put myself out there in the world and connect with other people. Those sort of uh, more intangible aspects of business practices and also um, whether it's consulting or um, project management, et cetera, are really interesting. Uh, do, you, 
do you use like the Marseille deck or a different tarot deck or? Uh, I have a copy of the Marseille deck more for reference and for self-study just to take a look at that versus other tools. Uh, the version that I use is more based on the Rider White Smith deck. Uh, so having like the cards that are visually based on that or der slight derivatives of that. Uh, as for me personally, I use a couple of decks that are, I would consider to be Rider White inspired, uh, which is the Star Spinner Tarot as well as the Light Sears Tarot. Um, Star Spinners is a bit more of like the comic book style illustrations, um, very high when it comes to uh, color uh, and symbolism in there. And light and the Light Sears Tarot is similar, only it's the imagery is a bit more on the realism side uh, when it comes to how they depict uh, human features, as it were. And it also includes a broad spectrum when it comes to uh, different body types, ethnicities, and appearances uh, compared to the writer White Smith deck, which was published in the early 1900s, which had a very fair-skinned, very Eurocentric appearances along with the Christian motif in that. Fascinating. Huh? I'm just gonna butt in for one question here. Like, Go well, for it. yeah, this is a big one. Um, explain to me, Tarot. Explain <laughs> sure. what it is. Explain the difference <laughs> between the decks. Explain, like, I mean, what kind of um, you know, what is your belief on like what type of spiritual like or what type of energy or what force this is channeling? You know what I mean? I don't. I'm a layman on this. Nathan obviously knows much okay. more than I do. <laughs> well, this is gonna turn into a tarot class real quick. All right, so tarot actually started off as this Italian card game, Tarocchi, uh, that was published, I think, in like the 1400s or around that time frame on there. And initially, it was a card game that rich people played or nobles played uh, to just to pass the time. And it wasn't until much later that some French occultists came in and said, well, this deck or the tarot is actually is... Um, associated with this book of Thoth, which is this Egyptian book of knowledge, then this, the various secret societies like the Order of Golden Dawn got their hands on it. And that led to the development of, for instance, the Rider White Smith deck. Um, and then also the Thoth deck, which was created by the later being created by Aleister Crowley. So what tarot is in now is it is a deck of 78 cards. 22 of them are what we call the major arcana and or the trumps and those are archetypal cards that represent the span of a person's life ranging from being innocent of everything to incarnating learning different things from various role models engaging in uh, more cerebral aspects of living and then going through various phases of spiritual transcendence and then you have the remaining cards which are the minor arcana which are broken out into four suits and then each of those suits represents various areas of life whether we're dealing with areas of our mind mental acuity and sharpness our, our burning passions uh, our connection to our emotions whether it be through our intuition our creativity or relationships or the practical physical side of working all of those fall into um, the realm of the tarot now as for how tarot works that's a matter of faith depending on the reader and then also depending on the person on the other end the client some people believe that the reader is a channeler of the divine and of spirit uh, and that the cards that show up 
we're influenced by whatever cosmic forces are out there and it's all the right place, the right time. Others who are a bit more secular in their approach um, believe that it is pure chaos and randomness on what cards show up. However, much like a Rorschach test, it is about identifying the imagery that we see within the cards and figuring out how does that play out in uh, the seeker's life as a problem and using like psychoanalytics and problem solving there. I'm a mix of both. I do believe that the right cards show up at the right time. I do believe there may be a spiritual element, but I also believe it is up to the person doing the reading as well as the person on the other side of the table, the seeker, to figure out what the meaning is and how is that relevant to that specific person's life. And that they don't, you don't necessarily have to ascribe to any particular set of spiritual beliefs to be able to practice the tarot. It's interesting. Um, I, I just want one last thing. I mean, what um, you you mentioned a lot of people come to you with like say relationship or you know advice for work and things like that. What mm -hmm. uh, you you make a good point earlier. Just like similar alienation to how people felt under Luther is like feudalism collapsed and mass media became a thing. You know, um, people have so many sources of information, so many ways to go. It's it's interesting they wind up with uh tarot or sort of spiritual, you know spiritual pursuits uh because uh, this is also a political question at the end of the day this is a material mm -hmm. political question why people feel like this and why we feel so separated from each other so what um what are your personal politics and how would you say that you know finding these beliefs has had an impact on them uh i lean towards the left at the same time i also recognize that either whether it's through my privilege or being more cynical because I'm also a Gen X millennial hybrid or whatnot, I'm not as much into the outrage and the us versus theming that I saw from 2016 onward. Um, so I'm very strongly a believer when it comes to, to human rights, uh, when it comes to allowing people to be who they are, as long as they are not hurting other people and those are some aspects on it. I believe that our society has failed those who are on the outskirts, that there are people out there who do need support um, on it, and that it's possible to provide that support without being overly patronizing of those individuals. How we fix those problems, your guess is as good as mine. I'm not sure on it, on what that next step is, but I just know that a lot of the hate-based or extremist rhetoric that's out there that that's not the answer well we're gonna have to take a lot of rich people's stuff probably yeah yeah <laughs> let's well let's not go as far as eat the rich but yeah it's like okay there are we built this system where a select few have a lot of stuff now granted i do believe that ingenuity creativity figuring out like what the trends are and then beating those trends that those type, that type of thing should be rewarded, but not to the point where you have people who have hundreds of billions of dollars in assets. When we have people who are in basically homeless encampments under bridges because they don't have a way out. Yeah, yeah, and I definitely think that that's really what it is at this point. Everyone doesn't really have a way out, right? And then, 
I think that that is kind of like why people do you think this is sort of part of why people seek these spiritual outlets is just there is, you know, you like I said, turn to an institution like the Supreme Court. There's no answer coming. Right. Mm -hmm. And do you think that this is sort of kind of going to become a future model, you know, more and more is like the systems we have in place kind of fall apart or just show their weakness. You think that more people are going to turn to these types of practices? I think so. And we've started to see it a bit more. Um, I, I do see two things happening. I do see um, Christianity and other ma what we consider to be mainstream religions. Uh, I do see pockets within them being a lot more accepting and a lot more focused on the here and now uh, versus a lot of the institutional stuff we've seen previously. And I do believe that we're going to see people flock to those subsets of Christianity a bit more, especially those who are seeking answers that can't exactly be found in a dusty tome sort of deal. Um, I also do see people becoming more atheistic, agnostic, where they, they're just so overloaded by everything that they choose to not go be they choose to either not believe or in anything or they choose to keep such a superficial level of knowledge or understanding because they're worried about well whether or not they're going to be right or wrong um, and I do see people starting to flock a bit more towards what I consider to be more like the the quote-unquote alternative practices so looking at various earth-based religions that are out there or heck, there might be other belief systems that even I'm not aware of that are taking form in the United States. I think we're going to start seeing people branch out beyond the very Bible-strict Judeo-Christianity type of doctrine. Yeah, I and that makes sense because it's like if you know if what you were doing led you to here, then you know what was the point of the of the game? You know, mm -hmm. you might as well try something new. Yeah, open yourself up to the unknown and whatnot. Yeah. 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 It's definitely interesting to see. I think that there is on the right this strange new hybrid of like evangelical Christianity and sort of occult beliefs. You know, you're seeing weird shit, honestly. Like right wingers talking about like Hyperborea and the Ice Wall and shit like that. You know, just strange things. Um, so I think there's definitely like this weird, there's both a sort of resurgence on the left, you know, it's sort of your corner of things where there's more spiritual practitioners who are doing a sort of holistic method but there's also this dangerous like spiritual practitioners on the sort of evangelical right that i've noticed and what we kind of look at here is there's this strange growing trend of people who think they have esoteric knowledge which is usually you know ridiculous conspiracies and stuff like that mm -hmm. but i think people are definitely looking for it and it's like you said the way that nathan kind of pointed out too the way like religion has failed is the same way the institutions have failed it has all produced this outcome so i can understand people's frustration mm-hmm Nathan, do you have something? Uh, no, I'm I'm good. <laughs> okay, well, let's get into um, I guess tell us more about your practice. What else you do? Are you yeah, I I am interested to hear more about manifestation. How that kind of you know I remember growing up, the secret blew up as a book. Oh my gosh! Um, yeah, so it's interesting to hear you not have an approach like that. So what is it? You know, what kind of difference? Like, I there's and you talk about TikTok and Twitter. There's a lot of bad manifestation content on those platforms. Yeah, very much. So interesting that, yeah. You know, what do you so, see out there that's wild? Yeah, so interesting that you mentioned the secret there. I think that, well, the secret kind of, it blew up. And then there was kind of this counter movement to the secret because 
uh, the way that I would take a look at it is like the secret would be like someone trying to build a technical manual for the matrix. And then someone goes and looks at it from within the matrix and goes, what the heck? Um, because when you live in a world that is unfair, when you live in a world where there's suffering and struggle, and you see a book like The Matrix that tries to explain that, that people's thoughts are an express and feelings are an expression of their vibrations and their vibrations are what causes the things around them to happen. Then you have people who make the large leap of logic that, well, the Jews caused the Holocaust to happen to them, which there are people out there who actually have that theory or they're, they're calling it out and saying, well, the secret is claiming this um, or saying that this is what happened when it's not, or you have to basically do some mental gymnastics on it. Um, but as for my own practice, when it comes to manifestation, uh, I do believe that it is a mix of faith and works, which is, has some Christian parallels, I should say, on that one. Um, but the big thing here is, yes, I can go through, I can time things with the moon, I can burn candles, I can burn bay leaves with intention spells on them and whatnot. I can do all of these different things. But the universe is not just going to throw money at me. I have to go out there and do the work on there. I have to do the work internally, uh, figuring out, well, what sort of mental or emotional blocks are happening that are leading me to resist the physical, practical work I need to do. And then I also have to do that physical and practical work uh, to get the things that I want in life. So that is my take when it comes to manifestation. And the more and more that I work and connect with people, I'm finding a lot of people have that, a lot of people fall into that camp. Um, the whole, I just think, and, and it happens, it's either clickbait or it's people who are faking it. Yeah, there's a strange like hyper-Protestantization. And I think you're seeing that more and more as information kind of floods the sphere. Um, you're seeing people separate from even like more radical evangelical churches at this point, mm -hmm. you know, people are becoming dissatisfied with the answers they've gotten. But yeah, I think that is a strange like convergence point of like spirituality and Christianity it was this period where like Oprah's talking to like Dan Brown and talking about the secret and stuff like that. And there was a strange time when that started to become sort of mainstream. And I, I guess we're kind of seeing the results of that now, but it's, it's interesting. Yours is like Nathan said, you, you basically approaches from a more psychoanalytical approach. It's interesting. Yeah, and I think with the Oprah in that time frame, when we look at back at that, we were at, at an economical high point at, at that point uh, when all that was going on. Though I think we were about ready to have the tech, the real estate bubble burst, if I remember the time frame of when the secret came out. So it was a very easy time frame for people to say, well, just think positive thoughts, get through things, and you'll be able to have whatever you want because we were in a point in at least the United States, where for a lot of people, not everyone, but for a lot of people, there was abundance. And there was that ease of being able to push through things. Um, we've gone through a lot since then. So I feel like the messaging that from that time frame is not as well received because of the stuff that we've had to deal with since then. So from like 2007 to now, which is almost 20 years when you think about it not quite but almost there 
we've had some societal shifts where it's the whole, just think positive thoughts and do your thing and the universe will provide doesn't work for a lot of people. Yeah. It's strange because it's sort of an end of the end of history mindset, right? Where it's just, Mm -hmm. well, things are going to work. We obviously have this all solved. We know this is the best system and we know, and I think that's why people become so alienated now because there was this assumption from the nineties on that, well, we had it figured out and you know, the secret was sort of played into that as well. You can make the things that neoliberalism has promised you happen. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think people are, we're looking for that, but now it seems like, I don't know. People have gotten a lot of people still try these things, but a lot of people seem to have given up on making things happen themselves. So they're now developing beliefs in strange other, you know, um, other strange beliefs in like Donald Trump or there's even, you know, some sort of Democrat cultists who are on secular stuff. But you notice a lot of these beliefs where it's sort of asking somebody else to step in. But I'm glad that, you know, you sort of teach a sort of self-motivated type of, you know, spirituality here, because I think that that is a huge problem that we see a lot of it is people just sort of going off on their own. And, and I don't know, it, it sounds interesting. I'm definitely, you know, we're kind of getting close to the end here, but I would say uh, everybody should definitely check out your site, the mystic geek. And I mean, what other services do you do or what else do you do? So I am a tarot reader. I also am a psychic. And for those who aren't familiar, the whole concept of the psychic is the ability to, see or glean knowledge beyond the five physical senses. Uh, I use the pattern recognition from that as well to help people when it comes to make, help them feel empowered in their own decisions. I am a Reiki practitioner. Um, So Reiki, for those who are not familiar, is a form of energy healing. So you kind of have to believe in like body energy and those sorts of things for that to be a viable modality for you to explore, but I'd be happy to talk with people about that on there. And I am now branching out into business development. I've been in business for myself for about five years, even if it is a part-time job, it's still something I take seriously when I go to various events and others have taken notice and want to learn more about how to start um, taking their spiritual gifts or their passions and using it as a way to help the world, but help them in a sustainable way. So making sure that they know how to set their own boundaries, uh, if they're doing it for business, how to set it up as a business, not as an expensive hobby, as it were. Um, So those are the things that I am currently offering. Right, oh, that's a lot, you got a lot going. Yeah. I'm multi-passionate and also recently found out that I have ADHD. So this whole having all these wanting to do all these different <laughs> things kind of makes sense. Oh yeah. 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 Makes sense. But, yeah. Yeah. That yeah, was, it's interesting. Yeah. This is a great conversation. Honestly, it is more, I, I would like to have more people on who kind of follow these beliefs in a positive light because it's not often you find people who are sort of claiming esoteric knowledge who are doing anything positive. You know, and it's yeah. nice to see you have a sort of, again, a human rights centric role, you know, a centered worldview and a sort of fairness and equity type of doctrine to your politics. And it's interesting because we see it being used for more like hyper individualistic purposes now. So it's good to hear from somebody who's using it for the opposite. Yeah, I mean, I'm very self-focused when it comes to that. And by self-focused, I mean, telling people that they do have the power to change their lives. Uh, at the same time, I also believe that we are a living human network of people. 
uh, hyper individuality can only take you so far. That's where community and leaning on others for support and being willing to ask for help comes in. And I feel like there needs to be more people out there doing that. Yeah, agreed. There's definitely a lack of any sort of solidarity, especially among like working class people and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. Capitalism is sort of ingrained competition into us. And even when we're losing, we still don't want to give up the idea of competing. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, this has been definitely been interesting. And, uh, you know, um, if you have any projects in the future, we'd love to have you back or, uh, you know, we'd love to talk more about this or more about politics with you because this has been all over the place and I got a lot more to learn about all this stuff. But thank you for coming. And sure. Tell everybody where they can find all your work and where to follow you. All right. So here is the list. Uh, if you want to find my website, it is themysticgeek.com. Uh, now, as for social, me- social media, so Twitter and TikTok, it's just the Mystic Geek. There's no underscores or anything else like that. The Mystic Geek. Uh, if you're going for same with uh, Facebook on that, facebook.com slash the Mystic Geek. Uh, for Instagram, because someone else took the name before me, it is the underscore mystic underscore geek. So those, so TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram are the, my main channels on there. I nabbed the username on a bunch of others, but there's only so many hours in the day and I'm not competing or telling myself I need to be everywhere. It's just, I have them for when I need them. Uh, I do. I also am on Medium. I do have some blog posts there. Just look up Jessica Carroll's. And then you can also find me on LinkedIn at Jessica Carroll's as well. Just look me up there. Um, I have my information. I'm probably one of the few with that because Carroll's is not that common of a last name in the United States and especially in Minnesota. Well, we'll be sure to include the website in the show notes too. So, okay. Thank you for joining us. All right. Glad to have you here. Or right. glad to be here. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Yeah. Thank have you. Good night. You got to pick up every stitch. You got to pick up every stitch. So we are back on the other side of our interview with Jessica Carrolls um, of the mysticgeek.com. And uh, actually off mic, we talked about her podcast a little bit, which sounds very interesting. Um, what'd you think, Nathan? Fascinating. Um, it, it's a whole world that like I see parts of, you know, like there's people who are interested in mysticism, uh, tarot, witchcraft, right. But I never, I've never been in that context directly. I've had to ask people what it's like, you know? Yeah, my exposure is typically like the kind of left liberal, like cultural, like pagan type stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the absolute right wing freak, you know, mysticism. Yeah, yeah. It's just made up where like Michael Flynn is also like an Egyptian god and shit, you know? Right. So that's not exactly exciting, but it's always interesting to watch. But yeah, this was... Um, I don't know. It was a good insight into it. I mean, this is stuff I wasn't really familiar with. Um, it was good to hear some like manifestation talk that wasn't wild, you know? No, it was very reasonable. And like, yeah. I, I could totally see why someone would seek these services. Um, 
it makes sense because yeah. the world is chaotic and complex and it's kind of like people want like access to an outside and sometimes the conventional religions don't provide that well you made a very good point where you just said you know like you know oh you know resolving every problem with the framework we already had wasn't working you know it got yeah. us here and I, I think that you know as she spoke about like the printing press and mass media under luther like yeah alienation is coming at a strange time because it as everyone sort of gets separated from each other, they're building these own, you know, these individual little bubbles. And that's how like the right wing spirituality gets so crazy. But it's definitely interesting to hear, you know, a more focused approach, a more like grounded approach, because the way people think of a lot of this stuff, the way I think of a lot of it all the time, you know, oftentimes I'm guilty too, is that it's wild and kind of woo woo. I mean, she'll say woo, she says woo on her own website. So she knows, but <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. I, it's, it, yeah, it's definitely interesting. And it seems like it's, almost like an outlet, like you said, psychoanalysis sort of for people who don't necessarily. And I think that may be part of the result in like Christian communities too. people who don't necessarily seek out like secular therapy or something like that. Right. And also there are aspects of life that Christianity in its historical development have closed itself off to like early Christians were probably practicing, you know, I don't know what you like magical practices. Oh yeah. And I mean, it's only more like a modern development where we're all like anti-witchcraft and whatnot. And it's not like it's yeah. And it is strange because it's, it is something not really talked about. You know, it hasn't really been talked about since like the Harry Potter freak out, I guess. But like, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, it's probably discussed more and more now is like leftists claim to be witches and right-wingers react to it and stuff like that. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you but, remember the curses placed on Trump when he was elected? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember yeah. when they tried to uh, get Bin Laden, or no, they tried to get Baghdadi. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I th I think I think it was Baghdadi. Yeah, and they said it was too dangerous. Do not manifest in ISIS territory. <laughs> do not astral project to ISIS territory. No, um, yeah, I think there's definitely like a strange like. You're right that it, there is parts of like the life that Christianity, especially when it's so confined to just being about social issues or like politics, like it definitely can't address these things. You know what I mean? Like there's no way it can, it, especially far right Christianity in America, there's no way it can object, uh, address your failures. You know, if you feel that you failed, it can't really address that. Right. Because if you're not succeeding, what is the answer? It's like, well, lack of faith. Yeah. Yeah. So hearing that there's some other outlet for it. And, and like I said, it's good that she kind of directs her, um, you know, her practice towards self-improvement. So it's always good to hear because otherwise I, I, I am worried about the sort of right-wing stuff again. It is like this weird renaissance of like Ultima Thule and stuff like that, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I, they don't notice it, but they're out there talking about like, like I said, Hyperborea and Atlantis and all this weird shit. So it was good hearing somebody who's kind of reasonable about it. Like I said, I don't have much, I, I don't have much exposure to it either, except these sort of people who kind of like, claim which status or again the right wingers who are on who knows where the fuck they're pulling their shit from it's like when michael flint said that prayer you know right yeah yeah <laughs> it's like who <laughs> gave him that who knows he doesn't know but it's interesting to see him do it yeah I, i'd be interested in uh interviewing more people from just the broader occult various yeah. movements and there's a lot of them and they have some interesting approaches yeah yeah i think we should definitely seek them out some more and i don't if keep an eye out and if anybody has suggestions they can feel free to email them to us or whatever but yeah this is definitely an interesting conversation and um i think we'll probably have more in the future all right so we're gonna go now
this has been the left is dead uh old time religion actually and it's good to have this show back and uh, yeah i think we should do more more spiritual talk and we will be back one two three go those fingers in my hair that's why i come hither stare that's with my conscience buried with trash Right.